Hello everyone and welcome back to Murphy's League. This episode is going to be a delayed recap episode of week four of the NFL, so I hope you guys enjoy it. It's going to be a little bit of a quicker episode, a little bit more of a flash episode. I'm going to try and cover a few more games than I normally do and just cover them in a shorter period of time. So if you guys like this format, let me know. Be sure to share this with your friends and family and let's get right into it. So I just want to start this episode by saying I'm a total idiot. Um, a lot has been going right for me because the study rooms were all taken again on this Wednesday morning. And then for whatever fucking reason, I took all my notes of the games this weekend in literal writing. I put them all in a notebook. Don't know why I did that. Just felt like doing that this weekend. And I left the notebook in my car because why would I not do that? <laughs> and if you don't know, my car is extremely far away from me. I can't just like go grab it. Um because it's hard to explain but where i'm living i basically have to park very far away every single day and take a a bird or, or, or a bike in between um my complex and my car so obviously not going to do that kind of in a little bit of a time crunch here hopefully the background noise isn't too bad in this episode because i am recording this in my room I had to ask my roommate to leave um yeah i'm sorry guys just bear with me because again, I don't have notes, <laughs> so I'm kind of going to be freestyling a lot of this episode, but in the, on the bright side, I'll probably just cover more games and just talk about them less. If you guys like this format where I just cover more games and don't go into as great of detail as it, then just let me know. Um, I guess we can start off with the dolphins Bengals Thursday Night Football. Obviously, the storyline in this game is Tua Tagovailoa. Um, everyone's talking about his concussion or not concussion from the week before. Um, there was a tweet that's absolutely going viral right now by a real medical professional doctor saying if Tua plays tonight and he were to somehow suffer another concussion it would be a catastrophe um, and the entire medical staff and coaching staff should be to blame for it obviously the team was claiming that excuse me that Tua didn't have a head injury in their game against um, Buffalo it was pretty obvious on the tape that he did and then of course this game just just a really, really horrendous act. Um, well, not even act. Just, just scary. Just scary stuff. Um, he hits the hits the turf hard. His fingers start going in all different directions. Obviously, anyone who's watching that game saw the broadcast. It was all over Twitter. Um, so you hope that he's going to be out at least a month. Um, obviously, the decision cannot be his. It's going to be really interesting to see what goes on with the rest of the staff. It sounds like the head medical chief who cleared him the first time already got fired. So that's good. That's a step in the right direction. But obviously, the NFL needs to do more about this. Um, the NFL does have a tendency to kind of sweep their problems under the rug with the next shiny object which happened to be the next slate of games it tends to work pretty well for them but i don't think this is going to slide this time it sounds like a lot of people are really upset um but as far as the actual game goes i mean it's bigger than football right we obviously want to start with the health of the player of the quarterback of the person we hope he's all right um our thoughts and prayers go out to him but beyond that i mean the Cincinnati Bengals jumped back in a really big way, um, doing it a lot through their passing game. T. Higgins obviously led the way, had a large break breakaway touchdown. 
um, over Xavier Howard. And T. Higgins, I mean, he's a wide receiver one in any other offense. I don't think that's a hot take to be saying that at all. Um, if you have him in fantasy football, you're absolutely stacked. Vaughn Bell had an amazing game defensively. One of the most underrated safeties in the league. He's more of a box guy, and he's really good against the run, but he can do some really good things in coverage. Obviously, had two interceptions in this one. Um, some in some really big moments. But, I mean, Joe Burrow was just being decisive with the ball. Um, they gave him a lot of similar schemes excuse me, to what they treated the Bills with, where it's just a lot of different looking fronts, um, trying to, you know, look one way pre-snap and then completely change it the next. And then when they weren't you're really looking at, um, that exotic, they were just running basically straight up man-to-man -man across the board, sometimes keeping one safety high, blitzing another. Um, a lot of blitzes in this one. But Joe Burrow was just being smart, meticulous. He was getting the ball out of his hands. He wasn't staying stubborn like Josh Allen tended to do a couple times in their game against Miami, which almost caused a couple turnovers and could easily have cost them the game in a lot of ways. Uh, Joe Burrow was just taking what the defense was giving him. He was making the right reads. Really impressed with what I saw there. I still think the Bengals are on the up and up, and we can't count this team out. They're still going to be a really damn good football team. I'll talk about it tomorrow, but I do like them against the Ravens this weekend so we'll get to that eventually um up next I mean the Dolphins before I move on really quick the Dolphins should be fine I still think they can win games with Teddy Bridgewater their schedule does lighten up a little bit in the next few weeks here so until Tua comes back if he does come back this year which I expect him to I mean maybe it's not the healthiest decision for him but at the end of the day like if I were to take my odds I would say he's gonna be back at some point this this year probably within the next like month maybe a little over a month again i'm no doctor so this is not a professional medical opinion or anything like that that's just completely me speculating um but i mean if they can just stay afloat until then the miami dolphins should be fine and seriously should give a lot of problems to everyone they're playing in the next few weeks um so let's up next i guess we can let's just jump ahead to sunday night football because why not that game was fantastic i see this is a game i had a good amount of notes on but obviously you know not not with me right now but I mean, the Kansas City Chiefs just did a lot of really, really good things. I think the thing I was most impressed with them about is their running game looked really dynamic. Their offensive line was absolutely moving people. It's not a surprise to say their offensive line is one of the best in the NFL. I mean, they're loaded everywhere. Two really good guards, one of the best centers, if not the best center in the league, and he's only a second-year player. Uh, good tackles. So it's uh, just a really, really good offensive line. But they were moving this Buccaneers front seven which is supposed to be you know one of the strengths of their team uh, they're historically good against the run the last few years but I mean Isaiah Pacheco 11 for 63 5.7 yards of carry uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire 19 for 92 on 4.8 yards of carry and a touchdown so just really good stats there and then of course Mahomes was Mahomes this game um, it really helped him out that they just started off the game so well there's a muffed kickoff return which is you cannot do that when you're playing against the kansas city chiefs when they're on it's just it's just you cannot give them good field position obviously going up 7-0 early like that really just changed the game in a lot of ways and tampa um i was impressed with them in a lot of ways because of how you know it wasn't the closest game but they kept it they kept it pretty close and i mean tom brady obviously still doing his thing he's ridiculous i mean 52 pass attempts in total um doesn't look like his arm is anywhere shot nearly to the level of like where Drew Brees was by the end of his career. So 52 pass attempts, 385 yards, three touchdowns, obviously a really good stat line there, but they basically didn't run the ball in this game at all because <clears throat> again, they've dug themselves a hole early and their offense realistically couldn't get much going as far as they, they settled for too many field goals. I think 
once they get fully healthy, we'll see this team just gel a lot better. They're still going to be completely fine. I still think they're going to be a top-five team in this league with all the weapons they have. Of course, with Tom Brady leading the way, this defense is still absolutely excellent. Don't get it confused. Even though they just got 41 points dropped on them, that's just Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes being incredible. Um, they're just they're so creative. They're so unpredictable even when the play goes completely wrong Patrick Mahomes did something like he does like he does at the I believe it was like the end of the second quarter that 360 little flick out the ball um I think it was to Clyde Edwards Alaire if I'm not mistaken but just that's just when he's on it's so hard to stop him you just basically have to keep up with him and I think normally Tampa would be able to keep up with him um I mean, Mike Evans continues to be extremely productive, obviously the number one target in this offense, but Chris Godwin came back in this game. He actually did have seven catches. They weren't for crazy contributions. I think it was only, yeah, 59 yards, so nothing crazy in that regard, but I mean, he's just coming back from injury. Julio Jones is still going to be coming back. This team should be fine. They're going to find ways to win games eventually. It's just all going to come together and gel, uh, but again... Um, I think one of the biggest factors in this game was just game scripts. They got down early, and that really, really hurt them. They had three rushing yards all game. Um, but, I mean, as far as efficiency and first downs and stuff like that, if you look at the numbers, they, were, they had 27 first downs too. Their third down efficiency was 6 for 10, so not awful. Um, they even had a few sacks on Patrick Mahomes. They had three sacks in this game. But time of possession was just completely skewed towards the Chiefs. So, obviously, very hard to win football games that way. And the Kansas City Chiefs, these both these teams are going to be contenders. That's not a surprise at all. This could be the Super Bowl matchup for all we know. Up next, this was one of the surprising, most surprising games of the weekend. We have the New England Patriots at the Green Bay Packers. Obviously... This game was a shocker to a lot of us because Brian Hoyer got knocked out very early. Bailey Zappi, their third-string quarterback, ended up coming in, and he looked really solid. I got to give him that. For a third-string quarterback, you really can't ask for more from the guy. 10 for 15, 99 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Shout-out Bailey Zappi getting his first NFL touchdown. Good for him. Um, if you guys remember back in the preseason when he was playing, I actually talked about Bailey Zappi and how good he looked, how impressed I was with him. He was throwing guys open a lot of throws. He really looked far beyond his years as far as a fourth-round rookie. Um, but, I mean, beyond this, the Patriots just played an excellent, excellent game. It was such a Bill Belichick-type game. They really controlled the, the game in a lot of aspects. Their running backs were extremely efficient. Their offensive line was moving people, which is... you got to give them a lot of credit in that regard because the Packers defense is damn good I've been saying this all damn season they are a really really damn good unit um, I love the way that they set up their pass rushers they Rashawn Gary is an absolute monster he's having an um, he already arguably broke out last season but this season he's really being put on the map as a legitimate like superstar level caliber player um, really like what I'm seeing from him there but I love that the scheme they're running here it's just it's so sound. They've got those two big guys up front in Kenny Clark, Devontae Wyatt. Sometimes it gets in there. DJ Reader, I believe, is there. And then they get these guys on the edge like Rashawn and Preston Smith, and they line them up in this super wide nine technique. So they just keep everything in front of them. And obviously, that kind of played the advantage into the played into the Patriots' advantage. Excuse me. They were really abusing that in the run game. They were finding ways to exploit that, and they were moving people. I mean, Damian Harris, 18 carries, 86 yards, 4.8 yards a touch. Ramondre Stevenson, almost identical numbers, 14 for 66, so 4.7 yards a touch. Um, just really, really impressive stuff there. And then again, their defense. 
it really it was the story of this game. They took over this game in a lot of ways. Uh, Jack Jones with a just incredible play, the pick six that literally had Rodgers dumbfounded. He couldn't believe what happened. Um, hit him out of nowhere. He also had a forced fumble in this game, so this was really the, com- the coming out party for Jack Jones, fourth round rookie. Another just, just it shows you. Bill Belichick is so good at finding these guys. Uh, Jonathan Jones is another one who I was extremely high on coming out of college, but he was just undersized coming out of a smaller school in Houston. But he is elite in coverage, and I mean elite in coverage. Um, His separation is, he basically allows you to get none. So I love what this Patriots team is doing. I think they have a lot of really good pieces. Matthew Judon still creating a pass rush for them. They're I mean, their front four in general was moving people around a lot of the times. So I loved how they handled this scheme against the Packers. I love that they really gave them a run for their money. And if Mac Jones is playing this game, this could be a very different game. Um, I mean, as far as the Packers side of the ball goes, there's a lot to look forward to. Obviously, A.J. Dillon Dillon and Aaron Jones were definitely efficient in this game. Uh, The Patriots defense, although it did have its moments, they definitely got gashed on the ground quite a few times. Aaron Jones, 16 for 110. He is just so dynamic. His, His average yards per touch has to be towards the top of the league right now. He is just playing so well. And then A.J. Dillon's that between the tackles, power guy, um, not as much zip, but I mean, he is just incredible too. 17 carries for him for 73 yards. And then I think the real standout thing about this game, if you're a Packers fan, is their rookies getting involved in a big way. Romeo Dubs nearly had two touchdowns, almost closed it out in overtime, ended up dropping that ball. But he had a touchdown before that on a really good route, really quarterback-friendly route. One of those things, just a timing back shoulder type thing that's nearly impossible to defend, and it looked a hell of a lot like what Aaron used to do with Devontae Adams. By no means am I saying Romeo Dubs is Devontae Adams, but it's definitely, you know, something to be hopeful for if you're a Packers fan. Alan Lazard had a really good game in this one. He had six catches for 116 yards, so if you're an Alan Lazard owner in fantasy, stay patient with him. The touchdowns are coming. The volume's obviously there. It's still pretty obvious that he's his most trusted target in a lot of ways, but Romeo Dubs, Keep your eye on him because he's quickly moving his way up this depth chart. Beyond that, Christian Watson also got a touchdown in this one. So, again, something to definitely look forward to if you're a Packers fan. Love seeing your young guys get involved. Um, And I loved that play that Christian Watson scored on was an incredibly well-schemed play. It was obvious they were practicing that all week. I mean, the timing was incredible, but just the play design, beyond beyond the timing, beyond the execution of it, the play design was absolutely incredible. That's where Matt LaFleur can be really dynamic in that run game. Again, he has that Kyle Shanahan background. He comes from that tree, so you really see that creativity show in that one. Um, but yeah, just a really great game. Patriots kept it really close. Um, super impressed from what I saw from them there. I think there's a lot to look forward to for both of these fan bases, even if, again, Maybe the Patriots don't make the playoffs this year or anything like that, but they can definitely be competitive, keep it sneaky. They need Mac Jones back ASAP. Up next, I guess let's talk about... I'm gonna, I'm just going to really quickly talk about this game, more so to set it up for next week, or I guess tomorrow's episode. But the Dallas Cowboys won again. They are now 3-1. and one. They absolutely destroyed the Washington Commanders. The Washington Commanders are basically in free fall. It's looking really bad there. Sorry about that, roommate walked in. Anyways, the Dallas Cowboys are 3-1. and one. Commanders are basically in free fall. It looked really bad another week for them. Um, Carson Wentz only put up 170 yards. Two picks in this one. Um, <clears throat> I guess if there's any bright spot, if you're a Washington Commanders fan, it's got to be Jahan Dotson. He got another touchdown on this one. He's really making an impact early, so good for him. Um, but other than that, it's just... it. Was, this was the 
the Cowboys really, this was their time. This was their game. Um, they did a lot of really good things. I guess one more bright side for the Washington Commanders. They did find a way to slow down Zeke and Tony Pollard in this game. I do remember watching this, and Zeke was incredibly inefficient. Um, I'm looking at, yeah, there we go, 19 for 49, 2.6 yards of carry. So, again, very inefficient. But, I mean, Cooper Rush is just doing what he has to do to get the, get things done. Um, him and CeeDee Lamb have a really good connection going. CeeDee Lamb is just Everything I thought he was going to be coming out of college. He's a legitimate wide receiver one. Michael Gallup got back into it this game. He actually scored a touchdown on this one, so good to see him back. Noah Brown continues to be a player in this offense. Um, Trayvon Diggs, another pick in this one. Just playing absolutely incredible this year. I don't think it's... It's going a little bit under the radar because last year, obviously, there was all these stats. Like, yeah, he led the league in picks, but he had the most receiving yards allowed. Excuse me. He's much... He's improved on that greatly. He is much more allowing much less separation and he's much more disciplined in his coverage skills so i think people need to be talking more about him he's a legitimate legitimate lockdown corner um and then cooper rush i mean this is really just it's his show now it's gonna be really interesting to see what they do this week dak prescott is saying that he's good to go but i don't know why you'd ever rush him back especially with what's going right now and i mean it's not like LA is absolutely blowing people out of the water or really looking that impressive at all. The Dallas Cowboys could find a way to win that game in LA. I'm not saying I'm taking them or anything, but they, it's a definitely a realistic possibility. It's going to be really interesting to see what happens with these Dallas Cowboys and Cooper Rush. Um, I mean, he's playing well. 15 completions, 223 yards last week, two touchdowns, just efficient, uh, getting it done. And obviously what really matters is the win column. He, I don't think he has an interception yet, so... Again, just playing safe football, getting wins. That's really what matters. Up next, let's talk about the Jaguars versus the Eagles. Um, the Eagles, or sorry, sorry, sorry. The Jaguars got out to a really early lead in this one. I believe it was 14-0 in the first quarter. And then this was a really weird game to watch because, honestly, all the points came in bunches. The Jaguars scored 14 in the first. The Eagles scored 20 in the second. They both, went, <laughs> they both got shut out in the third. And then Jacksonville put up seven more points in garbage time um, after the Eagles already kicked, I think, three field goals. So, I mean, this was the kind of the correction game for the Jaguars, if you will. I really thought they were going to find a way to backdoor cover, which would have been hilarious. Um, they didn't end up doing it. But, I mean, <clears throat> there's a lot to like for both these teams. At the end of the day, that's really what I remember putting in my notes. Both of these teams should be very excited about their future. Obviously, they're in a little bit different parts right now of the, those rebuilds. Um, I mean... Philly's not in a rebuild anymore, but you know what I mean. They're in different parts of their future. They're in different parts of their their saga, I guess, if you want to put it that way. But, I mean, I think realistically the fan bases knew that coming into this year, and I think both of them have to be excited because I feel like both of these teams are exceeding expectations right now. I mean, it's very obvious Doug Peterson has been a very big deal to this team. It's just a huge upgrade at coaching. They've had some really creative schemes, and I love the way they're using some of their weapons because they, they do have some legitimate weapons. I mean, Jamal Agnew is extremely explosive. He had two touchdowns in this one. Um, they still have guys like Christian Kirk who could be really dangerous, especially as a deep ball, and he does seem to have a pretty good connection with Lawrence. Um, Zay Jones is still doing his thing. I mean, beyond that, Travis Etienne, James Robinson. That's Those two guys are explosive, especially James Robinson. I loved what I was seeing from him before this game. This is a little different. Eagles D-line is just a different breed, just a bunch of dogs there, and James Robinson really was impressing me before this game. Um, but as far as the Eagles go, I mean, to start out 14 nothing, they're winning in a bunch of different ways. They're just so talented. I've already been talking about it a ton, but, 
I mean, their offensive line and defensive line combo is, it has to be the best in the league, like comfortably, I would say. Uh, to be able to give Miles Sanders 27 carries when they're down like this, uh, even Jalen Hurts carried the ball 16 times himself, but they're winning games this way. They're not exactly distributing the ball a ton in the passing game, and they can if they need to. They're a big play offense with these weapons they have, but I mean, they can just move you. They can move any team in the league. Their offensive line is incredible. Their defensive line is incredible. They can control games. It doesn't matter if they're winning or losing. They can get big plays to come back on you. They can. Their defense can force you to make mistakes. So this is looking like the best team in the league right now, um, or at least one of the best teams in the league right now. But they would get anyone a run for their money. And the fact that the Jaguars even got a lead like this, they were even able to keep it somewhat close by the end. Obviously, the score is a little deceiving. They got that garbage time touchdown at the end. You got to be impressed for both sides, and you got to be hopeful for both these fan bases. Up next, let's talk about the Bills versus the Ravens. This was just a really weird game to watch because these two teams like just completely flipped. Like Some switch flipped in the second quarter where everything was going right for the Ravens. Their defense seemed to be making all these plays their offense was clicking uh they got a couple points a few points early and then oh, i'm trying to find the fucking box score right now oh here it is um yeah so the ravens started off you know it was 14 to 3 in the first ends up turns into 20 to 10 so they were they were up 20 to 3 at one point keep that in mind and then the ravens offense in the second half just completely disappeared the bills did make some adjustments i still haven't really gotten to watch the film in this one which i really want to i've just been too busy i probably honestly i'll probably do that tonight at some point um so i can analyze that a little more because I'm, I'm curious to see what adjustments they made what they switched up a lot it looked like early in the game the ravens were running a lot of a lot similar schemes to what the Dolphins were doing because again they're very similar scheme defense in that way they like a lot of man-to-man -man. they like to blitz a lot they like to be ultra aggressive so it seemed like that was working in the early game um again I, I'm be curious to see what adjustments were made and what happened later in the game I wasn't you know I couldn't pay too much attention to that but it really just seemed like these teams just momentum's just completely flipped I mean Josh Allen doing incredible things with his legs what else is new he he is just he's special man he, he he is legitimately like cam newton with arguably a better arm higher iq and just as good in the run game honestly like he is ridiculous he had 11 carries this game for 70 yards 6.4 a touch and a touchdown um <clears throat> his passing numbers really don't blow you away in this game but again he started really slow uh 19 for 36 213 one touchdown one pick um, but beyond that, I mean, their defense showed up in a lot of really big ways. Jordan Poyer, my God, even with his his uh, tandem there gone and Micah Hyde, the other safety not being there, he is just incredible. Two interceptions in this one. Um, one of them off a batted ball from the line of scrimmage, the other at the very end of the game when Lamar just didn't see it. And I think that's really one of the biggest storylines in this game that everyone's talking about is should they have gone for that fourth down at the end of the game to go up by a touchdown, um, obviously make it 27-20. to 20. Um, Instead, they don't get it. They go back with no points. Uh, to that, I do have a couple of things to say. One, a lot of people are blaming Harbaugh, and yeah, yeah, that's that's fair, but also being fair, the play kind of did work. Lamar just had a guy in his face, so he couldn't see him, so yeah, I mean, you could argue if that's really the play working or not, um, because again, there was a guy there to fuck up the play, but me personally... I don't love the call. I don't, I don't really like it. John, I know he's like famous for this type of stuff and he's so analytical and like then they have to drive all the way down the field and score just to win two and I get it. it it's like a huge advantage. 
but the Bills' offense were struggling all day anyways in a lot of ways. Obviously, they got it turned up a little, like, towards the end of this game, but it really wasn't anything, like, it wasn't fireworks. It wasn't the typical Bills' offense you're expecting. And, I mean, who knows that the Bills don't just try and go for a touchdown, too, if <laughs> you're up by three and they don't get it, you know, stuff like that. I just, I don't love that thinking, and I don't know. I, I, I do get it. I just don't love it, and maybe I've been watching the Bears my whole life, and I'm just conservative on play calling and stuff like that. Um, so I get it, but I just don't love it. And again, I'm not saying it cost them this game because they probably would have lost anyways um, if they went to OT. But who knows? Who knows? All right, let's talk about a couple more games here. Let's talk about. Oh, fuck. I don't really want to talk about this game, but just really quickly, what the hell happened in the Jets Steelers game? That was so annoying i had the under in that game which was that i bought it at like 40 points i believe and then obviously we all know what happens it was 17 20 zach wilson turns into fucking brady he goes perfect for the last draft he really didn't have a great game it really wasn't that amazing of a game it was just that last drive where he was just perfect literally perfect i believe he went like six for six at the end of the drive uh cory davis had some really clutch moments in this one um and then michael carter had a really big pick in this one marcus joiner had a couple picks but yeah, so obviously the biggest storyline about this game, other than it should be Zach Wilson's game-winning drive, but Kenny Pickett stole the show. Kenny Pickett got his first, no, I was going to say start, got his first NFL action, I guess, in a real game. Um, Mitchell Trubisky getting benched, no surprise there. Um, <laughs> their offensive line did look a lot better in this one, but I don't really care because it was the New York Jets and I just haven't seen a whole lot from them. George Pickens continues to show that he is legitimately the best receiver in this wide receiver room. It's just... Why the Bears didn't take him, I will never know. And why I just dropped him in, like, two of my leagues, I don't know why I thought of that either. Because, again, like, it's not like Chubisky was going to be the full-time starter. But Minka Fitzpatrick gets another pick in this one. He continues his incredible year. It was kind of a weird debut for Kenny Pickett because he went 10 for 13 for 120, which is incredibly efficient, not going to lie. But all three of those incompletions did turn into interceptions. And he also had two rushing touchdowns. So he was somewhat of a rushing threat in college. But I didn't really think that was going to translate fully to the NFL level. Apparently, they're using him that way. So good for them. Uh, good for Kenny. But again, doesn't really matter because they ended up losing the game. Because Zach Wilson just clutched up really damn hard. Up next, let's talk about let's talk about two more games. Actually, let's talk about three because I'm literally just going to say like two words about Seahawks, Lions. The over was a smash. Damn. I'm very glad I took that. I'm very glad I told you guys to take that. Also, I want to say I did really fucking well on my bets last week. So if you guys were following along with me, right on. Hope you guys hope you guys won some money. Um, I guess we can talk about the Titans and the Colts. The Colts really feel like they're in free fall mode, which is so weird to say because they just beat one of the best teams in the league in Kansas City. But I just don't like what i've been seeing from this team at all and this is this is one of those games where you just absolutely have to win it it's just like there's no choice here you just have to win this game and man now Shaq leonard is hurt again he got a concussion in this one it looked really fucking gnarly too i don't know if you guys saw that but it did not look pleasant and the titans just did titans things like so dink and dunk on offense in their passing game just letting derrick henry absolutely carry the load and just just one of these mike vrabel wins like just winning on both sides of the line of scrimmage doing it dirty pushing people around and just finding ways to do it derrick henry leading the way on this offense which opens up things for the pat everything for the passing game excuse me and the colts just again had one of those games where it's just you can't do this and expect to win football games they start so slow 
Like, it was so clunky from the beginning, and it looked so awkward. And obviously, Jonathan Taylor got beat up in this one, which you never want to hear. Um, obviously, not good things. He's one of the MVP candidates last year, lead, leader in the league in rushing. So that's a big hit for them. But, I mean, beyond that, just starting as slow as they did and just looking so bad to start the game, it's so hard to win games that way. Um, and, I mean, if you just look at the numbers, like, it's probably one of those things where they had more time of possession. Yeah, so they had 120 more total yards. They had literally 200 more passing yards. And they had <laughs> they had 1.1 more yards per play. They had eight more minutes of time of possession. They still lost the game. Like, that is just... It's a really bad look on Frank Reich. It's a really bad look on the Titans. I mean, as the Colts as a whole, because obviously they brought in Matt Ryan. They thought that was going to be their saving grace, that Carson Wentz was their whole problem last year. And... They've started off this year arguably worse than they did last year, and I'm pretty sure they started off the year 0-3, so I don't know. At some point, obviously, you you like to see that, you know, they can pull it together, and I think they will end up being a very competitive team by the end of the year. They're going to bring it together, kind of like what they did last year, but it, it might just be too little too late, and at that point, what are you doing? It's like the same thing all over again. You can't just have, you can't bring it all together six weeks into the year if you're not absolutely perfect, then you're going to end up missing the playoffs anyways. So one more game I want to talk about, maybe two more if I get anything else. Cause I mean, bears giants, ugh, that game was disgusting. Just a bunch of fraud teams that aren't going to end up doing anything. Anyways, chargers bounce back in a big way against the Texans. Good for them. I was really nervous about that one. Um, if you guys remember talking about that, I really thought the, the Texans were going to give them a run for their money, but good to see the chargers bouncing back in that way, especially Austin Eckler. Let's go baby. Three touchdowns. Good shit, over 100 yards, really, really big game for him. It really is coming out party. Definitely won some people their fantasy games this week, including myself, actually. So, <clears throat> excuse me, thank you, Austin. Fucking great shit. Love to see you balling out. Keep after it, brother. But, um, seriously, just really good to see the Chargers bounce back. Hopefully, he can get back a little healthier. Sounds like Keenan Allen might be coming back this week, so that's going to help the team out a lot. Just want to see him stay on that path. Um, let's talk about... Fuck, there's so many good games this weekend. I could literally talk about all of them. But I, I wrote a ton down about the Vikings Saints, so I feel like I have to talk about that one, even though I don't even have my fucking notes. I do remember saying that um, I was impressed with both of these teams. I think both of these teams have a lot to look forward to. The Vikings are still going to give the Packers a run for their money in the North, even though I, I do think the Packers are a little bit better of a team. Oops, I overvalued the Vikings a little bit. Oops. But, I mean, they're still a top-ten team in this league. The, the Saints... They're one in three, but their record should be a lot better. They are beat up right now. I still love some of their pieces. And, I mean, defensively, they've got some dogs. I love what they have there. Pete Werner is really emerging as a legitimate linebacker in this league. He's really impressive. Tyron Matthew obviously had a pick in this one, really big play. But, I mean, beyond that, you still got to love their personnel. Marcus Davenport, Cameron Jordan, just a lot of really big dudes up front. Demario Davis. And then the back end, I mean, Paulson Odebo, even with uh, – CJ Gardner Johnson gone. I mean, they still got PJ Williams back there. They still got Bradley Roby. They still got Paulson Debo. They still got Marshawn Lattimore. Like they, they've got a bunch of guys that can really play football. Marcus May. Um, so I think that this team is going to be absolutely fine because they can still move some people in the run game. Their run game did look a lot better in this one. Latavius Murray actually looked better than Mark Ingram in this one. I think he might be taking over as the RB2 in this offense. I would not be surprised at all. Taysom Hill was doing his thing. He got a rushing touchdown on this one. Um, but, I mean, if they can just control the game and not turn over the ball, this team is going to be fine. And that kind of leads me to my next point. 
is Andy Dalton going to be the starter here going forward? It sounds crazy because, no, he's not as talented as Jameis, but Jameis just has way too many turnovers, and I don't think this team is good enough on paper to have those types. Of, I mean, no team, right? You can't turn over the ball twice or once or twice a game and expect to win games. That's just it's asking too much from your team. It's asking too much from your defense, and they're good enough to do that, but not against like the good teams like the Vikings and some of these other teams they played. I really think that Panthers game was really fluky. I think if Andy Dalton plays in that game, I think they win that game. So I think realistically there is a world where Andy Dalton's the starter going forward here. It's not like they have this huge investment in Jameis anyways. And Dalton was just efficient in this game. He didn't throw a pick, 20 for 28, just 236 yards and one touchdown. That type of stuff gets it done normally. And if your defense doesn't make a couple, or sorry, if your special teams don't make some mistakes, if your defense can hold up a little bit and not get as many penalties, then maybe you find a way to win this game. Uh, 10 penalties for 102 yards, that's a really big deal. That's a, You can't do that. But as far as the Saints go, I mean, first off, Justin Jefferson absolutely had his way against Marshall Lattimore. It's really interesting to see the, the, the receivers that Marshall Lattimore tends to do really well against. It's almost like those big physical guys, these more silky route runners that can just create separation. He always... Not always, but he seems to struggle with more. And Justin Jefferson, he had a really, really damn good game. 10 catches, 147 yards, a rushing touchdown in this one as well. Um, Dalvin Cook didn't look particularly explosive in this one. The Saints running defense, historically good, held up in this game really well. Adam Thielen really got involved in this one with eight catches. I expect him to continue to blossom as this wide receiver too, and especially in a lot of these games, have a lot of opportunities. But, I mean, their front four... Excuse me, was creating a shit ton of havoc. Really liked what I saw from Zadarius Smith. I believe he had two sacks in this one. No, just one sack. Um, but they were being very disruptive in this game. So I think, again, there's a lot to like for both of these teams. Um, if you're a Saints fan, just stay patient. I'm not saying you make the playoffs or anything, but you're going to be competitive. You will end up being second in the NFC South. No way the Panthers take that from you guys. That was just a really weird game. Um, final game I'm going to talk about because I've been talking forever. And I feel like I'm just ranting now. Let's quickly talk about the Broncos versus the Raiders. The Raiders finally get their first win of the season. Good for them. I was definitely expecting them to win this game. The Broncos kept it interesting, though. I will say it was a good game basically till the end. Um, honestly, Derek Carr really didn't have like that eye-popping of a game. I really thought this was going to be the game where him and all of his weapons have a coming-out party. And I really thought Darren Waller was going to show up big in this one. Devontae Adams doing Devontae Adams things. Obviously, we expect that. Nine catches, 101 yards. Um, but beyond that, this was really just Josh Jacobs' game. This is one of the best games of his career. 28 carries, 144 yards for 5.1 a touch, two touchdowns. On this Broncos defense, that's pretty damn good. And uh, again, it's not like the Raiders' offensive line is a bunch of stars. Like it, I was really impressed from when I saw that. Even Derek Carr had some solid runs in this game, which was kind of surprising. But I mean, this was the Josh Jacobs show. He had a lot of really impressive highlights in this one. Um, and then Russell Wilson, he didn't have an interception in this one or anything like that, but just, again, not too impressive. And if you're a Broncos fan, you do have to be really worried about this run game because Javante Williams, who was supposed to be the next emerging star in the NFL, tore his ACL. Uh, you hate to hear that type of stuff. And then their backups are just really not good. I think Mike Boone is going to be the guy going forward because Melvin Gordon he has a legitimate fumbling problem. I believe he's fumbled four, five times in the last four games. It's really bad. It cannot stay that way. Um, so I think Mike Boone is their guy going forward. But I would not be surprised if they make a move for a running back. So keep out for that because I could definitely see that happening. Not saying I know who it's going to be or you know any ideas, but someone like Kareem Hunt, someone like Damian Harris, someone like 
I don't know, some, some, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I, I can't think of it all the top of my head right now, but they seriously might be training for a running back, so keep that in mind, but good for the Raiders to get their first win of the season, um, well-deserved, they've definitely should have won a game earlier this year, um, but the Broncos, they're kind of bringing it together, they're kind of bringing it together, you can kind of see they had some moments, deep shots, KJ Hamler, Jerry Judy getting involved, Corlin Sutton, distributing the ball a lot more, there's reason to be hopeful in the passing offense. I'm just, again, I'm worried about this this run game now. And Justin Simmons is coming back on the defensive end. That should help them a lot. But I want to say really quick, <coughs> excuse me, the Raiders defensive backs had a really good game in this one. I believe it was, man, I can't remember his fucking name. Oh, it was, it was Robertson. Um, I can't remember his first name. Is it a Meek Robertson? Is that, is that his first name? Um, him and Jerry Judy were talking a lot of shit in this game. He ended up getting a fumble six recovery to the house. So shout out to Meek Robinson. Had, a, had himself a really, really damn good day. But with all that being said, that's going to be it for me, guys. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Sorry for making it so like, you know, popcorn, like just spitting shit out and kind of freestyling um that was not my plan or my goal but hope you guys enjoyed it nonetheless if you did be sure to share this with your friends and family i appreciate the listen be sure to follow my instagram account at murphy's league and stay tuned tomorrow for the preview episode of week five thank you guys